I would like you to uh, turn in your Bibles, or it will be on the screen, to 2 Corinthians 2, 12 to 17. And um, the Spirit has raised a message, and the message title is, You Should Smell. You should smell. You guys are so quiet. You should smell. I want you to turn to the person beside you and tell them you should smell. Ah, oh, now you're starting to wake up. Okay, almost there, almost there. You know, I need a certain level of, you know, interaction. So look at the person on the other side of you. And with more enthusiasm, you should smell. <laughs> doesn't, it doesn't sound, it doesn't feel right for us as Canadians, eh? doesn't feel right for us. Well, okay. Now let's look at the passage. 2 Corinthians 2, 12 to 17. The word of God says, and I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. When I came to Tros, that's Paul, the Apostle Paul talking, to proclaim the good news of Christ, a door was opened for me in the Lord, but my mind could not rest because I had not I could not find, I did not find my brother Titus there. So I said farewell to them and went on to Macedonia. But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. And through us spreads in every place the fragrance that comes from knowing him. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved. And among those who are perishing, to the one a fragrance from death to death, to the other a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not peddlers of God's word like so many, but in Christ we speak as persons of sincerity, as persons sent from God and standing in his presence. This is the word of God. Let us pray. Lord. We thank you that your spirit is already here. We sensed it. We sensed it as we hugged each other and as we gave our high fives. We sensed the presence of your spirit as the worship team led us. We sensed the presence of your spirit even as we talked about capital campaigns because, Lord, you've called us to do a work. Your spirit is here. We have the right to hear your voice and we have the right to be your voice. And so, Holy Spirit, we invite you into this moment to speak to us personally. May we not leave here the same as when we came in, but Lord, help us to be a fragrance for you. Amen. The Apostle Paul, in this particular passage in time, and he... Apostle Paul was traveling. He, he was on his missionary journeys. He was getting the word out. And, and Paul, you know, he had begun to gather a great number of people. He had mentored people under him. And we can think of Timothy, who he mentored. Timothy, who was, you know, discipled really by his mother and grandmother. And if you're a mother and grandmother here, you have the power and authority to speak in to your children's and your children's children's lives. Amen. Come on, MCBC. You know I need you to talk back. For those of you just meeting me, catch up, catch up. 
You know, you, we, we can speak into their lives. And so in, you often see that Paul was so fond of Timothy, so proud of him. Timothy was often left trusted with things to do. And in this passage, he, he, he went and he was looking for Titus. And when he landed where he was going, he didn't see Titus. And even though there was an open door presented, he was restless because he wanted to see Titus and, and he just couldn't remain there. And it's such a privilege. I know what it is, is a privilege to mentor young adults and to leave them in charge. You see, I don't direct hardly. I have to beg them to let me direct. And then half the time I'm forgetting what I'm supposed to be directing and they have to cover me. It's a beautiful thing to be able to, to hand off responsibility and, and to have that longing in your heart. You know, you, you see Raquel directing and you see, you see Zachary directing and Zachary was a kid. You remember him if you're around MCBC all those years ago. He was a little, well, never little, but he was a shorter kid, right? He was a, he's always been a, a, a big guy, but you know, I was taller than him once upon a time. And to, to be able to look and see and, and so you see here, Paul, he was, he was positioned and looking and, and they were ministering in times of persecution and danger. And we, we really don't know what that's like yet in Canada. Someone say yet. Because it seems that persecution is a part of what it means. I mean, we do feel emotional persecution or maybe from our families, but we, we have not experienced in this last couple of centuries that kind of physical pushback and danger where your very life could be taken. But as we read the word of God, we know that it's coming, somebody. And you can feel the pushback now in little ways. Can't you feel them in subtle ways? That they're just squeezing in on the gospel. And all over the world, our sisters and our brothers are persecuted. There's a persecuted church. There's more of them than there is of us. And yet sometimes we sit comfortably in our pews. If you can't say amen, say ouch. This is, this is, this is the environment that Paul gave this message. And he said it like this. He said, we're captives in Christ's triumphal procession. In other words, there's a parade of, of us going on. There's a parade of Christians going on. And unlike the Raptors, who we want to win, somebody say amen. I'm a big basketball fan. You know I was watching that game. If you, that, you hear it in my voice, don't you? There's, there, there, we can't say that they'll win for sure, but we hope in faith that they will. Amen? If you don't, if you're, uh, whatever the other team is, I'm not even remembering their name. If you're that fan, we can't put you out because you're in church, but, but we would hope they win. But in our case, as Christians, we win. It's a triumphant procession. Hallelujah. Do you get it? It's, we win. It's there. But there's a parade going on and we have to join in the parade. We can't just sit. If there's a procession, you can't just sit there. You got to move somebody. And we're in this parade, this triumphal procession, it says. And it says in that procession, God uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of Jesus everywhere we go. You ought to smell. (laughs) You're not with me yet? I'm just, I'm just trying to keep it in the pocket, but 
Something's come over me right now. We ought to smell. Now, I, I am a big basketball fan. And my only son was a baller. And he got a, a scholarship to St. Mary's University a long time ago. He's old now. He's, he's hurt more than mine. And, and he's now, he's gonna be 35. I'm not going with him. He's the one getting old. <laughs> but he got a basketball scholarship and you know, he dreamed MBA. That's not what God had for him at that, but he had a good career. And I will get on my plane, on a plane and go and see his championship games and, um, but it's, it's, so, so I know what it is to be following someone on, on a, in a parade going somewhere. But the thing about my son, when it comes to this, I was really thinking is that, that idea of aroma, you know, when I, co- I have one son and two daughters and when I cook food, cause I can cook. <laughs> no, I, I can throw down. My family's perturbed now because I don't eat meat or dare. I don't eat anything that had eyes anymore. And it's perturbing to them. You know, it's not because I'm, you know, an activist or anything. It was just a matter. I think God wanted me to discipline myself. And now that I don't eat meat or dairy, anytime I tell the Lord, no, I can't do that. He says, yes, you can because you stopped eating meat and you still like it. I said, oh, you'll get that later, somebody. But whenever I cook, even if I don't cook meat, the smell of what I cook draws my son. When he was young, because he doesn't live there anymore. But when he was young, I would just have to start cooking. And my son would be... Anybody got one of those? Just They just come. I'd be like, don't touch my pot. Makes you feel secretly good, though. Don't touch my pot. And the smell would just draw him in. And on a good day when he was really hungry and I threw down that food, I cooked that food, he'd even set the table ahead of his sisters. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Because the fragrance drew him in. We are to be a fragrance. And we have three audiences who smell us. To God first. To God we are the pleasing aroma of Christ. Among those who are being saved and, uh, saved and those who are perishing. So God is our audience. You know, in the Old Testament, there were so many things. When people made sacrifices, it said that when sacrifices were made to God and God was pleased, it would be a sweet fragrance to his nostrils. It's Leviticus and Exodus, all those Old Testament. And, and it says that, you know, when Jesus, Jesus is a, a sweet aroma, Jesus is sacrificed. And now here we are, followers of Jesus. And what we do and how we live is offered up to God. And it's a sweet fragrance. God is our audience. How do you smell? You ought to stink. You ought to smell like something. To those who are perishing, we're the aroma of death. How many of you know that if you just live your life transparently, people will see how you live and they'll notice how you live. And you in your small corner and me in mine, they'll see you. There'll be something different about you. You ought to get on people's nerves, not because you're rude or mean or stingy, but because you bring Christ with you and you don't do the things that they might do. And they notice it and it bothers them. Anybody have that experience? If you don't, you ought to. 
my, my, my cousin, I have two cousins who are in, involved with TC3, and one of my cousins, we used to always go and visit her, and you know, I, I was born and raised, grew up in Oakville, but we would then go to uh, Toronto, and we'd go to Region, and we'd be, ra- I loved it, I loved the city. And we'd be there and we'd be playing on the playground, even as little kids. I'm so excited for VBS because VBS poured into our lives. That's where we learned the basics of the word of God. And as little girls on the playground in the hood, can I say it? Can I dare say it? We just acted differently because there was Jesus in us. We did the things other kids did. We were like, no, we're not going to do that. And they used to say, ah, oh, what's wrong with you guys? Oh, you put peer pressure on us, but we stood our ground because there was a different fragrance over us. And so those around us, that fragrance bothered them. But it says in the word that to those who are being saved, it's an aroma that brings life. You see, we don't have to worry about saving souls. Amen. That's the Holy Spirit's job. But we're supposed to draw them in through our fragrance, through the things that we do. You know, we mourn, amen? There's things that hurt us and we're sad about it. True? But we mourn as those, not as those without hope. We mourn differently. And the things we laugh at, the things we take joy in, it's, it's different than the things they take joy in. And it draws them in. You see, we don't laugh at those dirty jokes and those putting people down things. We laugh at different things. We take joy in different things. And it's a fragrance that draws people in. And I want to talk to those of us who have children in our homes. And those of us who are our grandparents, and one of the things I want to say is that those who are closest to us, they really smell us, right? They, they, they smell the fragrance. Some of you are just struggling with this analogy. Loosen up. They, they see us for who we are. And we could be at church acting all holy, lovely, and at the office, we're the kindest, gentlest, sweetest people. But when we go home, it's a different story. And then we wonder why our children aren't coming to the Lord. It's because they've seen, you know, the word says you can't have salt water and fresh water coming from the same (laughs) spring. And so, you know, what we're emitting the, the, the smell that's wafting from it. It's not an attractive smell that says, taste and see that the Lord is good, but we're, we're letting something else into the atmosphere. And we need to change, change, change our fragrance. You know, uh, Paul said, you know, who's equal to the task? People do all kinds of things for all kinds of reasons. But if we get it in our spirits that we're part of a triumphal procession and all we have to do is live authentically and speak a word in season and out season, which means when it's not popular, we speak a word. Amen. And when it's popular, we speak a word. There's times we're quiet and there's times we speak up. There's times you sit down. There's times you, you, you stand up, but we, we are a fragrance and we live our lives openly and authentically. 
We walk in love even as Christ who loved us and gave himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God. A sweet smelling fragrance. And I say, if I'm a fragrance, I I want that fragrance to permeate everywhere that I go. You see, these kids in TC3, they know me. They know I'm not perfect. Don't say nothing. (laughs) They, They know when this eyebrow goes up, everybody knows now, it's serious. They know when I hug, I hug them with purity and love. They know me. And they know that the fragrance, the, the thing that's supposed to attract them to Jesus is, is as authentic as I can make it be. But better, I don't have to make anything. I just have to stay united in Christ and march in that parade to the triumph that's already established for me. Can we just do that? Could we just be authentic? Could we just be that fragrance that spreads the aroma of Christ everywhere? We ought to stink. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. Thank you.